0: Okay, welcome back to another episode of Millennial Entrepreneur. My name is Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. This episode, I spoke with Naomi Shah, the founder and CEO of Meet Cute, a media company producing original rom-com podcasts and content producing over 300 stories to date. And so we cover how entertainment startups are rarely invested in by VC firms and how Naomi managed to land Meet Cute investment from a VC. She breaks it all down and it really opened my eyes to the world of entertainment startups. I didn't really realize that stuff before. And also, of course, how they produce original content, having worked with over 600 creators to date. And most importantly, the validation process of innovating within the entertainment space and using existing platforms and technologies to test demands. This was extremely important to the success of her business. And, you know, she's going through that phase right now. Great tip for those wanting to actually start their own entertainment startup. So be sure to stay tuned to learn all about that okay so we're back on the shout outs now my favorite part so in case you don't know every week we're giving a shout out to someone who's left a written review on apple Podcasts as a way of saying thank you sharing the love showing you that i value all the comments the nice comments that you guys leave i really do appreciate it and so this week's shout out goes to wasp I don't really, it must be a nickname. <laughs> One of my go-to listens, such a great podcast. I personally know some of the guests and love listening to their stories. Cena makes their passion shine through. It's so inspiring. Thank you so much for that lovely comment. If you also want to feature in next week's episode in the form of a shout out, please be sure to leave a written review or a comment on YouTube if you are on Android and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. I give you my word. So anyway, that's it from me. Enjoy the episode. Hey Naomi, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, it's nice to be here today.
0: No, it's my absolute pleasure, like a bit of trouble finding the the relevant platform because Zencaster was not working, we had to use Skype, no, we had to use Zoom, and I was a bit like, oh no, like I think things might go wrong because I've never recorded on on Zoom before, Um, so I'm glad we're back in my home, Zencaster, my trusted friend, I know what's going on now.
1: How's your week going?
0: Yeah, really good. Just like been pretty hectic trying to grow Wing, and like been reaching out to a few businesses that want to take some metal cards. This should be really cool. Uh, we haven't launched it yet, but you know, with this first business, hopefully we'll launch it with them, and it'll be it'll be like a, a big thing for us. It'll be a big step. because it'll be our first client. Um, and then from there, hopefully like the metal card will kind of take off because we're really excited about the metal card. It'll be a lot more premium than what we're offering now. So yeah, really excited for this week and also like the following few weeks to see what happens in, on the on the B2B side. But your your startup is like, it's all B2, B2B, isn't it? Uh, B2C, sorry. It's
1: both, it's B2C and B2B. Um, as an entertainment company, we're releasing a lot of stories for listeners directly. And so we interface with them through all our podcast platforms, where we release our audio stories. And then on the B2B side, um, we definitely have, you know, an interest in starting to form content partnerships, brand partnerships, Um, there's a lot of like licensing and sales of IP, so it's both.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't really think about that. This is like I was telling you this before we before we hit record is that we have we've had so many different varieties of startups on the podcast before, uh you know I could list them all but like there's there's way too many this is episode number sixty five or sixty six, and never I like to my just off the top of my head I don't think we've ever had anyone within entertainment. It's a very obviously it's a very traditional industry. I I don't know of many new startups or uh, in this space. Uh, that's maybe because I'm just blindsided. There's probably loads of them, such as yourselves. But I've just never had one on the podcast before. So it's really interesting to me to hear that side, of, like how the start, how that works for you. So I guess like where, where did it all kind of begin? How did you kind of start the idea?
1: Yeah, so Meet Cute, which is the company that I run now, started in the fall of 2019. I was on the investment team at Union Square Ventures, which is an early stage venture firm, based in New York, and I was really interested in looking at media and entertainment companies. And I wanted to pull on this string about like how you can apply a lot of product analogies and technology analogies to entertainment to make it very repeatable, scalable, build trust with a brand in the same way that our product companies do. And um, through that started Meet Cute in the fall of 2019, started building a team around it, and today we've released over 300 scripted romantic comedy stories. You can find it anywhere that you get podcasts, and we have a team of just under 10 people, and we work with a global network of creators, um, I think over 600 creators globally. That includes writers, voice actors, sound engineers, producers, directors, and so we've started to see how this you know scripted storytelling company can now scale beyond um what we what we initially were we trying to do and trying to prove which is can we create a 15 minute romantic comedy in audio that's
0: so that's so interesting there's so many things i want to unpick in that so i guess like firstly when you when you're working at your at your vc job and you're seeing you know the different varieties of entertainment and romantic comedy was probably was something that stood out to you. What was the of like decision making process to go into that specifically? And then like, yeah, let me start to ask you that. I'm I'm really interested.
1: Yeah, I think what we identified early on is that there wasn't a ton of VC backed entertainment companies, and I think a big reason for that is the risk profile for storytelling and entertainment looked very different than the risk profile of a product company, and so. As a result, we found this kind of gap in the market where the way that VCs traditionally invest, it didn't feel that comfortable to invest in entertainment in the way that entertainment investors invested. They didn't understand a technology platform as well. And so kind of like bringing those two groups together and bringing those two ideas together meant that we opened up a new part of the market that felt really unique, really interesting, and something that both types of investors and both types of partners could get excited about. And that was what was really enticing to me as like a reason to start a new company was bringing together two new ways of thinking into one product and into one company. And so when people ask me what Meet Cute is, I often say it's really a storytelling incubator that sits at the intersection of Hollywood and Silicon Valley. And our job is to create a scalable business that makes Um, like Hollywood level entertainment for people.
0: So explain to me, because I know a lot of people might be puzzled. How does that actually work?
1: Yeah, so early on, we weren't sure whether we wanted to build out a writer's room and just have a staff of writers and producers in-house or work with a wide network of creators globally. And so we kind of tested both of those options where you know we made our first story, we made our second story, our third story, and we're experimenting and we're figuring out how simple and streamlined can this process be what types of stories are engaging to our listeners what types of stories do people stick around for and share with their friends where in the story do people drop off do people like music versus not music there's so many different nuances in storytelling that we can unpack and so as i was going through this process of like building a team we were experimenting a lot with these different models we started kind of building the creative process that we use today. And now we work with a very broad group of creators. We have a development pipeline for writing the stories. We have a production pipeline for actually making the stories. And then we go into post-production, which is editing and pulling sounds in and music. You know this process well, running a podcast. Um, But for scripted storytelling, We need to be really purposeful about this pipeline and this process and make sure that we're not, um, you know, creating a lot of anomalies in the process because we want a consistent product for people, like a 15 minute scripted episode, while at the same time being able to infuse it with a diversity of voices. So those two things are really important to balance to us. And that was what we figured out in our first year of being a company.
0: Okay, cool. So I guess you're you're the you're the sort of overarching brand that kind of connects all these different things together of the content creators, the voice actors, and all of those things. I guess you never write the scripts and do the recordings yourself, but you're the ones that connect all those different things together and then you publish it on your platform. You can
1: kind of think about Meet Cute as an incubator for stories. Um or like a platform that enables more creators to create short scripted audio rom-coms. And we've set um, a lot of guidelines and you know format constraints. And now we're building a massive audience um, in order to bring more people to this genre and to this type of storytelling. So when I think about where Meet Cute fits into the market, I believe that our brand is the go-to source of rom-coms for both listeners and for, you know, IP in Hollywood.
0: So I guess, would you say you're competing with, you know, the traditional likes, you know, the traditional players in Hollywood?
1: I think that at this point, we are building our own niche. Like we want to build a verticalized company in romantic comedies, which doesn't exist today. So in that respect, there isn't competition in the genre that we are particularly you know competing with that said like any I, I often say this to the team, any company that takes people's attention is something that we are competing with, right? So like a Disney or a Netflix. and I think that those are often companies that we also look up to. like the amount of volume that, that Netflix has on their platform and the amount of originals they create. that's really, really exciting and they've built an, a massive audience for that platform similarly with disney they created a brand around family-friendly content and that brand is so strong but it took over a hundred years to create and they just launched their first subscription product with disney plus and so meet cute i think is trying to build the disney for rom-coms but then move really quickly into that phase of building community building a platform for these stories and do it in a much shorter time frame because we have access to all of these digital pipelines, like social media, like the podcast platforms, ways to build a community. And so I think that looking at those companies as both inspiration and, you know, how can we build the Disney for RobComs is a really interesting way to kind of set a north star for where we think Meet Cute is going.
0: I, I really, I really do like that, especially setting that north star of i guess like people companies that you look up to but also trying to inject your own sort of level of creativity but what's really important when you do when you are injecting a level of creativity is obviously it has to be guided by something right so what i would love to ask you is around the sort of validation process that you know are people actually looking Mm -hmm. for this do people actually want to to have rom-coms on this sort of platform so i guess like for you, because you're innovating in a very traditional space, that's uh, actually has been innovated quite a lot in the recent like in recent years, actually. But how did you kind of test that?
1: Yeah, this is so important. And Meet Cute is very much of a data-driven company where we get a lot of data around who our listeners are, how long they listen for, what time they listen at, where they live in the world. And I think that those are really interesting signals that allow us to make these stories continuously better. And so like the first time we decided to make a story, we had no idea what the right time constraint was. We This could have been a five minute story. It could have been a 40 minute story. We ended up settling on 15 minutes because we found that people really stuck around for the entire 15 minutes and didn't drop off. And so, and, and this is very unique in scripted storytelling where you have a bunch of news podcasts that are quick and snappy but stories often people need people needed to have longer story arcs and so we set we set out to kind of flip that assumption on its head and say what does it mean to create a 15 minute story <clears throat> so that was the first thing that we experimented with and saw that there was a lot of engagement around that time and we also have broken up our stories into these 5 3 minute chapters And every chapter for us mirrors a part of a rom-com. So in rom-coms, you often have the meet-cute moment, which a meet-cute is the first time that two characters kind of serendipitously bump into each other in the world. And then you have some kind of conflict, a journey, a resolution, and a happily ever after. So there are like five distinct parts of a romantic comedy that fit really nicely into our stories, because we've, we've created the format to be that way. Um, with that, though, we tested endlessly the types of characters that we were putting in there, the types of music we were putting in there, where we put cliffhangers in our stories, and ev- all data-driven, because we have access to when did people drop off from the story? Did people stick around to the end of the story, or did they leave at five minutes? Why did they leave out five minutes? What happened in that second chapter that made them drop off? And so all of this, we had a way of quantitatively looking at it, but also qualitatively. The first few stories that we put out, we really went to friends, family, acquaintances, had them listen to it and give us feedback. We went to people who were very creative and were involved in the story-making process all the way to people who had never listened to a podcast before and said, hey, go listen to this. Tell us what you think. And there was a lot of, mixing of qualitative and quantitative data because at that point you don't have a big pool of information yet you're you're working with limited data now i think what's really important for us is to continue to mix the two so we get a lot of quantitative data we have over 2 million listens we have over 300 stories out but what we are trying to do more of now is like segmenting our users into you know we know the age range of them but what are they interested in what kind of music do they listen to who are these people outside of listening to Meet Cute? And that'll allow us to build a community around our brand that feels very cohesive. And so that's something that we're working on right now. And it's a really fun data-driven and qualitative process. Um, and so, you know, that that to me is like I studied mechanical engineering um, in college, and that was very tightly linked to the product design program at Stanford. And in product design, one of the most important things is need finding and user interviews. And so we're still constantly iterating, even a year and a half into making these stories.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's massively important. Is that a lot of people might think that when you do that initial validation stage and customer interviews or whatever, that's that's it. Like you, don't, you kind of just like when once you found it, then you can just like focus on growing it or marketing or whatever. But like continuously iterating, massively important. And I think like, that's something that's maybe missed. It's missed a lot. It's not really highlighted much uh, in the kind of entrepreneurship startup journey.
1: I agree. I think that there is, there is sometimes like a pressure to know all the answers, but like, that's part of why you found is that you don't know all the answers and you're excited to go figure it out. And so I think that you're totally right there that, it, it actually is more interesting when you're like, I actually don't know what this is. Let me go do an experiment and figure it out. Or let me go talk to people and understand what they're thinking rather than just saying, I think this is the answer. Let's just do this. And I think if more entrepreneurs were okay with that process of uncertainty and then coming to a conclusion, um, you'd see a lot more of that dialogue, which is like experiment, results, conclusion, rather than just here's what we're going to do. Here's the path we're setting out.
0: Yeah, no, mass, massively beneficial. Um, what I would love to talk about. So at the moment, it's 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 just on, say, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You don't have your own platform yet. Yes,
1: that's correct.
0: That's really. So your ambition is to move on to your own platform eventually.
1: I think that that is definitely part of the roadmap. Eventually, I don't. I don't think it makes sense in the near term, mostly because we're in the business of creating content and it didn't and i and we thought about building out our own app early on but at the end of the day our product is our storytelling and so if we can distribute our stories on a platform that already has an audience there i think that makes a lot more sense for the type of company we're trying to build at this point rather than diverting resources time energy to building out our own standalone product so we will you know think about when we right now, like after we grow our audience, you know, tenfold, fold, 20 fold, 30 fold, maybe it makes sense to have our own product and to control a little bit more about the user experience. But right now, I think um, we're working really closely with the platforms to make sure that we are, are creating a user experience for listeners on a separate third party platform that isn't owned and operated by MeQ.
0: I think that's I think that's a really clever decision. And I think when you're kind of Especially when you're early stage and you're kind of still iterating and stuff like that, I think it's really important to find creative ways to translate the value that you have to your end user. And if that is by using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, existing platforms that are good, you know out, they've been out there for a long time. They already have a you know an established audience there that they can find you. Then. What What is the benefit of building your own thing? And I think a lot of people kind of, when they're starting, they're like, no, it needs to be our thing. And then it needs to be, we need to build all these different features. And it's like, just think about the, just think about the value that you're delivering. You don't have to kind of think about all the different, you know, bells and whistles. If you can find something that's already out there that you can host your product on, then like as well, as, as long as your value is being delivered in some sort exactly. of way, and that's all it takes really isn't it
1: I completely agree with that and i think um there is a a benefit to knowing exactly what the value is you're delivering to users and then having conviction in that rather than trying to do everything under the sun um because maybe you're not going to be the best app on the app store but maybe you are going to be the best storyteller in apple podcasts and knowing where you want to put your resources and derive and have your users derive value from, I think is so important because if you do everything, then you're not gonna be good at anything. So I think having some blinders on what your focus is, this goes to like what we were talking about with North Stars too, is really important. Um, And there's a reason, like going back to the Disney analogy that Disney did not launch their own subscription service until like 80 years after they were founded. They just started Disney Plus, but before that, they built a brand just through their stories and distributing on a wide, you know, network of, of platforms.
0: Naomi's done an amazing job scaling her business from the idea, validating it, and now it's now it's an actual concept that the customers can interact with. And she's launched it on a podcast platform. She's launched it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically what I'm doing. But she's doing it to test her business concept. So I really want to ask her, what is the future of Meet Cute? Where's the sort of transition phase? And also, of course, it's an entrepreneurship podcast, so I know you guys are interested. This sounds like an extremely unique business model to me. I haven't seen something like this before. Obviously, they can go down the same, you know, road as like a subscription service like Netflix or Disney Plus, right? But yeah, I really want to get down to it, kind of like where's the, where's the transition phase? And also what's the business model looking like in the future?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So, where I see meet cute going as a company is really being the defining brand in the romantic comedy genre. And when I say vertical business model, I mean like everything from audio to video, to socials, to a community, to merchandise, live events, maybe even one day an amusement park. Right. So there's like no upper limit to the amount of, engagement that you can have with the community once they love the product, love the stories, love the characters that you're creating. And I think that that is something that takes time. It takes a lot of effort to make sure that you are connecting to your audience Um, in terms of business model, like all of those are potential paths for monetization. And so our first challenge and our first goals as a company are around just growing the audience and scaling these stories to as many people as possible. And, you know, we have a really good sense of like what our core demographic is. Um, But I think that there are ways to expand the core demographic of who is enjoying scripted rom-coms. And we're actually actively trying to redefine who the rom-com listener is or or viewer is through our stories. So making this as engaging to a 50-year-old as it is to a 20 year old, making it as engaging to men as it is to women, you know, like really figuring out how we can make this an expansive community. And the second thing is really listening to our users because maybe there is more appetite for a subscription app than there is for movies, or maybe there's more appetite for seeing Meet Cute in theaters than there is for downloading an app. And so I think that a big part of this process is understanding similar to our conversation about iterating, understanding what users actually want as we grow, rather than saying, this is what we're gonna do and going after it. So I like to say that oftentimes like the business model will reveal itself to us as we scale our audience, rather than being super narrow-minded about about what we're building. Um, I think that is probably the most exciting part about building a company, because you can have a ton of conviction in the product you're building, and still have things that are flexible in the roadmap. So maybe instead of, you know, building out a product next year, we push that out to five years because we find that there's a lot more appetite for video and, and taking our content and converting it to um, a video format. Um, I will say that we are softly testing subscriptions right now. We don't have our own product, but we did launch our library on Apple podcast subscription. So people can go sign up on Apple podcasts and for 99 cents a month or $10 a year, you have access to our entire library of rom-coms plus a new rom-com every week. So it's like, you know, we're starting to say, if you're a super fan of meet cute, if you love these stories and you want this every single week, you want that like spark of joy, then that's a product that that's out there for you. Again, Partnering with uh, a third-party platform rather than building it on our own in-house, because um, we're really focused on just making the best quality stories at this point.
0: That's quite funny to me because Apple that's a that's a new feature from Apple Podcasts, and like it, it sounds like I remember getting that email. It was it was only like a month ago. I we think just now. launched it month ago, so it's, it's good to yeah, yeah. So it's quite funny that I guess you took use of it, and it, and because I didn't actually think at the time. I was wondering like, how useful it would be, how many people would use it. But it sounds like for you, it's worked really nicely to be able to test that side of your business model, which is, which is, I didn't think it yeah, it was, it was kind of like surprised me. It's pretty cool to see that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is part of experimenting and saying we have so much content being generated at Meet Cute. Let's create an opportunity for our listeners to engage with us on a deeper level and you know start to test what that conversion is like
0: yeah no 100 what i'd love to talk to you about Naomi, for the last like, six minutes or so is about i guess you've built this company and i guess that community aspect is so important um once you build that community you kind of that can translate to any other platform right so that's that's the real value for you but i guess you said at the beginning of the podcast vcs don't really traditionally invest in entertainment so I guess like you being from a VC background firstly why is that why is that the case and I think I think you talked about the risk profile but secondly I guess how did you convince them to invest in you
1: Yeah I had a pretty unique experience um when I first launched Meet Cute I was working really closely with the investors that I actually used to work for at Union Square Ventures so that ended up being a really Seamless transition from investor to entrepreneur. And by seamless, I don't mean that it didn't have any hiccups. I think that part of it was trying to figure out how to do two jobs at once and um, convincing them that, like, you know, here's the business model, here's what we're trying to do, here are the experiments we need to run. Um, but I just fundraised last November and brought on a bunch of new investors as well. And what really convinces them at the early stages is having conviction in the idea and conviction in the team. At this point, there isn't a huge amount of revenue to look at or spreadsheets to dive into. It really is just, is this the right team to be working on this idea? And kind of like, you know, just taking a minute to test our ideas and say like, okay, what if you did it like this instead? And see how we react to it. So, it really is how do you think about the market and where you fit into the market? Um, That's product market fit. So, like your seed stage and your series A, those are the things that I think are the most important to address with investors. Um, Raising in the pandemic was a huge, you know, hugely different experience than raising my series seed round um, in person. And so, I think I also had to spend a little bit of time talking about like, how this business is resilient in a pandemic, how when the rest of the entertainment industry shut down, Meet Cute continued to produce stories. And that was a pretty unique aspect of our business compared to other Hollywood and entertainment enterprises. Um, So I think like the combination of conviction in our idea, the team that we've created, and honestly, like bringing them alongside our North Star vision of being the Disney of rom-coms for... The you know Gen Z millennial audiences that we've attracted to date um, are probably the most important, and then showing how willing to experiment we are until we find um, that community of people that that are gonna you know stick around forever. That is, I think, how we we sold venture investors on um, investing in a Hollywood slash entertainment incubator of stories.
0: Well, for, for an entertainment company, though, like what traditionally, I guess you've incorporated a lot of tech in, in your in your company. But I guess traditionally, why is their risk profile a lot higher than than other firms yeah. that they would typically go for?
1: So entertainment is generally hit driven where you invest a ton of resources, talent, marketing, um, PR, all of that into making one title become a hit. And there's no way of telling how successful that title is until it's released. And so that profile is very different from investing in a product where you can start to build a small community, grow that community, grow that community, and repeatedly test that idea against a larger and larger audience. And so like we combined those two and said, we're going to try and make a ton of hits. Like Every one of our story is something that we think could be It's own feature or its own TV show, but we're going to do it by scaling our audience and building trust consistently with an audience in a way that resembles a product company. So it's like if you smash those two ideas together, you can kind of see the intersection of those two risk profiles between entertainment investors and venture investors.
0: That's, that's definitely true. Naomi, I'd love to wrap it up. I'd love to talk to you more, but we have to wrap it up there. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. It's been a really unique experience for me because I've never had anyone within the entertainment space. And I've definitely learned a lot about the business models, how how you can grow for any young people that want to get into the entertainment space. I know some people might have ideas around around that. This would be a great way to kind of introduce themselves to to that level. And obviously make themselves more investable with what you just said. So thank you so much, Naomi, for joining me. Uh, How can people stay in touch with you and Meet Cute in the future?
1: Yes. So if you are interested in listening to Meet Cute stories, definitely check us out. We're on every podcast platform. Just search for Meet Cute. Um, Also, our socials are open. DM us, ping us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of that. And I'm Naomi Shaw, so follow and message me whenever. I'm super open to talking to all of you.
0: Sweet. Thank you so much, Naomi, for joining me, and I'll catch you later. Thank you. Thanks, Sina thank you so much for staying to the very end of the episode. I appreciate it so much. If you did enjoy this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't have Apple, no worries. You can subscribe to us on YouTube and leave a comment. I'll give you a shout out as well. And follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. That's where the, all the new episodes get announced along with the, all the previews, all that good stuff. And yeah, that's it for me. Hope you enjoy your week and I'll catch you in the next episode.